The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Tony. Greetings, friends and foes, and mom, hi. (laughs) This series of Old Space Show follows the episode-by-episode time-traveling body-hopping exploits of the first season of Quantum Leap. Today, we will be talking about the fifth episode, How the Test Was Won. Sam leaps into a veterinarian, Daniel Doc Young, on August 5th, 1956, working on a Texas ranch owned by Chance McGill. McGill's daughter, Tess, is renowned in her skills as a cowgirl, but Chance pushes her to marry and produce children, so the ranch has heirs. You know, like Shredder said, babies! (laughs) She agrees that she'll marry whomever can beat her in a cowboy contest as long as she gets to choose. She picks Doc after Sam sends Doc's helper boy home. He tends to a sick girl in which, or sick piglet, in which all the animals in the home can see Al when he appears. Sam hopes he just needs to cure the pig, as Al says Tess marries a man who sends her love letters. Finding a journal with Doc's love for Tess profess, they argue over whether that counts as love letters or not, but Al says they are. Sam agrees to the contest and struggles through his lack of ability, cowboy humor, and people cheating at poker. During one of the challenges, Tess collapsed from exhaustion. Through Sam helping her back to health that night, Tess begins to slowly fall for him, but insists he has to ride Widowmaker, her impossible horse, in order to win the cowboy challenge. He succeeds, but says he did it to prove it to himself, hoping Tess would not just marry him because he won the challenge. He shares the journal, but Wayne, a jealous ranch hand who'd been unkind to Doc, shares his feelings for Tess and that he was the one who wrote the love letters. Tess and Wayne go off to get married, and Sam discovers when the helper boy sings Piggy Suey, he realizes the kid is the young buddy Holly and helps him out with advising changing the lyrics to Peggy Sue, and he leaps out to find himself pants down in an attic, just finishing the deed with a suspicious woman. What an interesting episode! It's an episode of a lot of a lot of firsts for the series, you know, kind of kind of setting a lot of a lot of precedents that are going to be repeated throughout the throughout the course of the series. You know, Um, obviously Sam's first encounter with someone who is soon to be actually famous with the with the Buddy Holly, even though the timeline doesn't quite. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So this is directed by Ivan Dixon, who is Sergeant James Kinklow from Hogan's Heroes, and he had a lot of roles on prestigious television shows he was also a director like his directing and acting are like mirrors of yeah. each other like such good career he did a team greatest american hero rockford files wonder woman bionic woman the waltons the mod squad and many more and it's written by deborah araculin 
which is not a Dune character or a planet. Uh, <laughs> she did. She wrote a Cagney and Lacey episode and was production assistant on Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan and Star Trek III The Search for Spock, as well as, as a story consultant for four episodes on this season. Stars, of course, Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell. But the guest stars are interesting. We have Carrie Lizer, Lance DeGault, and Marshall R. Teague. Lizer, the, wo- the woman who plays Tess in this, it's kind of like, what do you know her from? Well, she was Cassie Phillips on Matlock, but she was also the creator of The New Adventures of Old Christine, which is a Julia Louis-Dreyfus show that ran yeah. for a long time, and she won Emmys for it. Uh, she wrote and produced 73 episodes of Will and & Grace and currently does a show called Call Your Mother with Kira Sedgwick. So, yeah, if you kind of yeah, if you kind of look into her a little bit it, it, around that 2010 2011 mark, yeah. it looks like she essentially quit acting. She decided, you know, it's just been bit roles and you know, no, no big breakout. And she made that transition, I think, full time to that behind the scenes production type of thing. And obviously, she's had pretty yeah. good success over over the last decade or so. So that's that's great for her to kind yeah, of make like, that what a huge person to be just this guest star <laughs> that you're like, I don't think I know her from anything. And right. uh, Degault, of course, was Buck Green on Magnum PI and had lots of roles in great mm. 70s and 80s television shows. So, yeah, he's a. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good in this episode, too. Um, this one, uh, as we talked last time, uh, the Farmer Leap was predicted in the previous episode. So he's here now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they uh, again, this is, uh, I don't know exactly where this one falls in the production order, but obviously things got a little, mo- moved a little around. And I think we'll we'll kind of touch briefly on on some of, some of the why behind that on our next episode when we yeah. talk about the next uh the next episode, which was meant to be much earlier in the process there, but right. but yeah, this one was was interesting because I'm I'm assuming it was meant to be early on because uh, you know like we just talked about, it does kind of set some of the things that you know Quantum Leap for. Uh, one of the biggest ones for me is this is the first episode I believe where we hear when Al breaks out Ziggy's remote control. This is the first one where you actually hear those those noises. The yeah. people, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, it's it because later in the season and later in the series it becomes so commonplace you don't even think about it. But these first few episodes where where it, where it wasn't present to me, it really stood out like a sore thumb. I was like, where are they? Yeah, and it could have been after they we're viewing the first couple episodes, they go back in the editing room and add that sound. They're like, it needs to do Absolutely. something with that. Make it a little, right. make it more spacey. Make it more spacey. Yeah, because, yeah, he's, yeah, from the get-go, he's been really punching the numbers and banging the side of it and mm-hmm. everything. But yeah, they, yeah, they kind of added the, the goofy little, this is obviously the episode where they first established that animals can see Al as well, which is a very, right. Interesting. There was I'm the not dog quite sure in the, what the baseball dugout. We had. Yeah, that. I guess that's true. He did, but he this did is briefly, one where they yeah. want to say they can. They. They. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know what they were trying to say that animals. Why animals can see holograms? I don't know what they're trying. Like if they're uh, yeah. trying to make a statement here or what? But. Uh, <laughs> say something. Yeah, something weird with animals and Al. Could that help later on? Or you know, it, it's a wonder. Is like, was there an episode later on they needed to set this up for so it didn't feel like they were just bullshitting for an episode or just? That's that's a good point. Yeah, it could have been that uh, Donald P. Belisario had in his head that like, hey, you know what? Later on, we're going to do something where the whole all the woodland you know creatures what? come to their aid or something like that, and then maybe it never panned or something. So here's the here's the deal: if you're working with animals. They're not going to know he's playing a hologram. That's so a that's good point. Probably in case to save time to say that. Sure. Prob- you know what? That's probably why. That's true. Because yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be looking at him regardless. They're not gonna yeah. not look at the the human being standing right to, next to him. To so. come up with that conceit, right? Uh, but yeah, they yeah, that's probably 
Now they think, but yeah, that's probably yeah, because it was very clear in this episode when when uh, Al was in the doctor's quote unquote office mm-hmm. uh, and all the animals. I'm pretty sure there was a raccoon in a cage, and that raccoon was like reaching out, like his paw yeah. was out of the cage, like trying to touch <laughs> Dean Stockwell. And I'm like, well, that's it. He really likes that hologram. So. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And this one uh, shows kind of like the challenges of the 50s because we were, this was written by a woman. And this was at the time of, you know, the 80s was a big women back in the workplace, women being more independent, not having sure. to be housewives, get babies. And I feel like this was a nice reflection on look how tough it was back then or what was expected of a, a strong you know independent woman able to do her own like her dad's like well make me babies or do you know um i don't know if it's fair that she concedes in the end and falls in love but this is the time of like <laughs> this is the time of like working girl and and stuff like that where it's really pushing for that um but i think this was like like meant to kind of in society time where a viewer like look how far we've come look we're doing things better now uh, right. Well, like you said, it's yeah, it's interesting that, yeah, that not only in the end, obviously, uh, I, I think narratively, she had to make some sort of, you know, decision at the end or whatever. Right. But, but, you know, with that, it was it was interesting to me right from the get go that she would even agree to any sort of a contest where True. a man could, quote unquote, win her hand in marriage. I understand that it's a, a narrative device to move the plot along. But uh, but yeah, it seems like if she's that strong willed, she'd just be like, forget all this nonsense i don't need any of this so. I think it was a compromise like i'll pick the way that i'm definitely going to win and there i sure. tried so right he's like the he classic does, underdog should, yeah that yeah. might be the perfect guy for me and, and <laughs> surprise and as we find because this one they go the whole episode and we don't see what yes. it looks like till the end yes. and he's this little beady-eyed doctor guy and sam's like dude did you see how much you did you know like you were definitely not her type <laughs> Right. Yeah, it was very interesting because in the first few episodes, Sam makes a point to go find out what he looks like. He looks in a mirror almost mm-hmm. immediately. And yeah, this one, he waited so long, you had to think that it was going to be something, you know, significantly different, whether he was going to be, you know, uh, and, and and of course, that was the joke they were saved, quote, kind of saving up for at the mm-hmm. end. But yeah, this is definitely one of the latest, if not the latest uh, self visual of, of, of him seeing what his person looked like. Well, I think it's interesting, like, when I watched it, I didn't even realize that till they pointed it out. I was, I think I was into it enough where so much was going on at the beginning with the pigs and mud and all this that I was distracted away that I didn't, it got so far into, it, I didn't realize they did that, that yeah, they hadn't shown his face. And then I'm like, right. oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if I, I can't remember if it, if it, if it made that much of a, impression on me the first time I watched it, but obviously in our in our recent rewatchings in order to prep for this show, I was, you know, I'm looking a little bit more closely with with kind of more of a more of a finer, you know, science fiction lens, if you will. And that, yeah, that definitely, you know, I, I could tell throughout the episode of like he he has like we don't know what the doctor truly looks like yet. And it, it took them a long time because as we progressed to the end, I had forgotten about the the joke they made about yeah. oh look how goofy she was never going to pick this goofy turd anyways and uh, as they got close to the end i was like are they going to do it are they going to go the whole episode without showing him and they're like oh yeah there it is so and, you know it's funny though like this isn't like uh, one of my favorite episodes or anything like that but i always remembered it because of that end reveal like oh it was like the he didn't realize he was this little chump guy that that <laughs> happened so like that this one is always um Yeah, he's this like little guy, and that always that ending. I was like, oh, this is that one. Okay, um, but we have like different interesting conflicts. Like there's the, uh, the well, there's the challenges where you know it's ride 
right, the horse deal this, but there's the poker cheating one, which is a really interesting scene and definitely has some suspense to it where yeah. um, he accuses like Al's looking at the cards around a poker table and he accuses Wayne, who's the just the angry cowboy guy. We have no idea why or we think there's some jealousy. But he doesn't look like the type that would write deep love letters, so we never suspect him. Yeah, they do a pretty good job of kind of pawning that off early and making you think it's just because that's kind of his nature. Like, oh, Doc's an outsider, so I don't mm-hmm. want him. You know, when when he was giving him poor tips on on handling his rope and things like that, yeah, you just kind of get yeah. that vibe. He's like, oh, he just doesn't like him in general. And then, uh, yeah, that, that that's a good reveal later on that he's the one that's that's truly in love with Tess and has been writing the letters and what whatnot. So yeah, and. And then also uh, we have Sam, is Sam developing genuine feelings for Tess or is this him as Doc developing feelings for Tess? Because he's got a voiceover with it and he he mentions falling for her a bit. So, yeah, this is where, again, this is, you know, even though, like, like we said in previous weeks, you know, that every episode has some sort of a romantic slash, you know, Sam getting in with another gal type of element too. But this was one of the first ones where, where, yeah, it felt like he, the lines may be blurring a little bit in terms of him, you know, not that he didn't not care for, for the other people in previous episodes, but this one felt like it was potentially on a different level there. So, yeah. Cause in a way he was, he was against the tournament too. He didn't want to, he didn't want to enjoy it. He was hoping it'd be like the pig or not that Al was the ones like no you gotta you gotta make sure they get married you gotta make sure they get married so it was kind of both of them coming from l- reluctant sides, right and and kind of falling for each other. And it's interesting too. Around, the, I remember vividly watching the series, and uh, you know, on my initial, you know, uh, experience with it back in the '90s, and mm-hmm. and kind of having it was around this time. I, I I don't have a specific pinpoint, but it was around this time that I started wondering from purely from a you know my my brain works heavily on the science fiction standpoint. You know, right. the you know I don't want to be the nerdy guy at the convention saying uh, in episode seven you said that this <laughs> you know, but but I I do start to think you know along the lines of these things that Sam is changing, is he creating like a a split universe that, you know, when he goes back, and I think we touched on this maybe in our Mm -hmm. first episode, you know, when he goes back to the future, essentially, if he ever got back there, which, you know, whatever, we, we, we know how that plays out allegedly, but um, you know, would he come back to something different or, you know, has he leapt back into somewhere that is incorrect and by fixing it, he's now going back, you know, he's creating his own original timeline. It's, it, it, it kind of started to make my head swim as most, is time, time linear or is it yes. multiversed in his, yeah. Right, uh, like what are we correcting here and 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 what's happening as a result of the corrections? I always like to think, when, I think when I was watching it when I was younger, I always imagined that, oh, so this is a timeline where bad things happened. Like we live in it where Sam has already fixed it right now, you and I, but he's going back and changing these things to make them like they are now because so, yeah. they weren't, but sure. I don't know. So it's, it's very possible that he's jumping back into the, Biff's pleasure palace good to go back to the back to the future right, two yeah. references from last episode yes. <laughs> yeah he's going into the alternate 1985 and then he has to fix something in order to get back to his original timeline yeah that certainly makes sense but i'm not sure it was ever explicitly put no, out that way no and it's it's very ambiguous and i probably intentionally so or probably they just didn't care so they just were like what would be an interesting story for him to go. do next week you know like that's but you know it becomes a show it becomes a series it becomes uh, a lexicon of its own mythology and things. So we then apply rules to it. And as long as it follows said rules. So once it were to introduce what it's doing in following that, that's fine. But, um, 
Yeah, right now they just we don't know. We don't know the sure. future. We don't know. Like Al never mentions, oh dude, you know what it's like now that you did this? Yeah, but, or we stay the same, but these things Right. You know, yeah. It's it, it's almost to the point where it's almost I don't want to say it's frustratingly vague, but but yeah, it's definitely the I could I could have used maybe a smidge more information mm-hmm. about the quote unquote future or the present time where Sam has started his his leaping because most of this time when 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 Al comes back in time he's not saying oh this is what's going on you know your body is doing this or whatever you know or he's like oh well I struck out with this girl and now this girl's pissed off at me and I can't sleep with this other girl and it's like come <laughs> on give, give us some tidbits about the quote unquote future here <laughs> right yeah that's yeah all all Al gives is comedy about the future so far we've had. <laughs> One instance, so in uh, the <clears throat> Starcross, they gave us a little instance of like the challenges of like you're not here to do that, Sam, or whatever. You this could happen. So I, you know, I think as every once in a while, maybe they'll come to a, a disagreement and that'll pop up a little tidbit more about what he could damage instead of uh, being there. And I think that the next episode we're going to talk about has a little bit of things like that, but yes expanding it um this one uh we also we have a historical figure that sam influences which is the reason he was there uh buddy holly is the kid sitting playing guitar on the porch (laughs) buddy holly was born in lubbock texas in 1936 this would make him 20 this kid does not look 20 years old to me yeah not quite yeah i technically yeah i had to go do a little bit digger deepening yeah by this time by uh by august of 56 buddy holly yeah where he was already in that 19 to 20 zone and he by that time he had actually by this time yes he'd already teamed up with his band the crickets and signed on to a record label so even though peggy sue technically didn't come out until 57 yeah so 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 that part you know i mean you got to fudge the numbers a little bit when you get into this funny history it doesn't always sync up exactly. And, and I he, get that. So and, yeah, but Hollywood <laughs> die three years later. Like that's right after this, but yeah, like I don't know why 56 was so important. They couldn't you put it down a little bit and make it fit buddy more. If that was your ultimate goal, I don't see why what changing the years would have had effect on this. Yeah. You would think so. So it's, it's also very possible that they just, maybe they, as they were mapping out what they wanted to do with the series, it's possible that 54, 55 was already quote unquote spoken for in another right. episode that, that dealt with something in that time frame. I'm not really sure. So and you and I can go on Wikipedia and look this up real fast. Sure. <laughs> right yeah, now, yes. They don't have You're correct. the resources to, to come up with it all would have been going to the library, hiring somebody to go to the library to do it. You know, it, we take yeah. for granted how quickly I could find the buddy Holly info and not spend perusing through books and stuff like that. So I, I, I will, right. I guess there's that there. We didn't have the, the thing, like I mentioned on Old Space Show with Doctor Who, where there were some inaccuracies with, uh, like, a, uh, some things that fans have made up because of stuff with Attack of the Cyber. I'm like, they didn't have access. They can't just go on Wikipedia right, right now. And those were episodes were missing that they were referencing, so they kind of had to guess. Yes. On stuff. There's a, there's only there's only so much time that the production and research department can spend on microfiche before right. they. <laughs> and, and as I'll say again, Patrick Troughton looked old in the two doctors because guess what? Patrick Troughton was old when they shot the two doctors. Surprise. Does not look like they aged. So, yeah, I'll just throw oh. that in there again. But OK, you got any more for this one? <laughs> Just that um, uh, a, a funny little tidbit that I didn't even realize until okay. I was doing a little bit of research for this episode when we were just talking about Buddy Holly. And it was interesting that they used Peggy Sue, but that was the only song they referenced because another one of Buddy Holly's big hits was was a song called Oh Boy, which is funny oh. because that's Sam's whole thing and they didn't right. even go oh. there. Well, so. the oh Boy wasn't a thing yet. We're, I don't think we're... 
Yeah, I guess that's true. There. But uh, but yeah, he. I mean, they didn't even they didn't even sniff that part. It's just like, oh, what a what a missed opportunity. <laughs> oh, it was there. Oh, it was there. Oh, it's great. Yeah. But I, I do love the look on. This is the first. Was this the first time where you know he leaps because of something really piddly, and they're like, oh, it was this. I, I, I yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. everything else was, was 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 relatively kind of a higher stakes type of feel, and this was just yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, there was there there was no connection to. Oh well, guess what? She married the wrong guy, but now she's married the right guy. So like, yeah, there was no like, and their son, son, son would go on to become president. You know, yeah. or, you know, there's nothing connecting that necessarily. So yeah, who knows what this quote unquote wrong was truly about, other than the wrong people getting together, I guess. Right. Well, uh, that'll do it for today. I think we've made right where other conversations about this episode once went wrong. Tony, tell people where you can where they can leap to find your work. Sure. Well, you can always hop on over to sciencefiction.com where we do new stuff pretty routinely. You'll catch my stuff there all the time. And then you can come find me personally on all of the social media websites, uh, facebook.com slash Tony Schaub, twitter.com slash Tony Schaub, instagram.com slash Tony Schaub, aol.com slash boiler tone, but I don't think that's there anymore. So don't send me an IM there, please. <laughs> Hashtag Leaper Sue. All right. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brand4KUHD. Written work at Weiserblue.com. There's more from the Brandon Peters Show this week, but from Old Space. Oh, boy. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetersshow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.